Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is Big Match Preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me here in the studio as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's trip to Luton Town is uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nate? I'm living the dream, mate. Yeah, it's all going well, isn't it? Yeah, we've got Luton. You get, you get to go to Luton on Saturday. It doesn't get any better than this. I can't wait, mate. Yeah. Cannot wait. It's supposed to be lovely. Excellent. <laughs> right, that's enough about Luton. Uh, on tonight's show, we will, of course, look ahead to the game up at Kenilworth Road. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to hear from the Charlton Athletic Manager, Lee Bowyer. We're going to talk about a uh, statement that appeared on the club website. We're doing that every week these days. Uh, from the owner, Roland Duchatelet. We're going to talk about the lads going paintball. And then we're going to hear from midfielder Ben Reeves. And, of course, when we look ahead to Saturday's game, uh, with the Hatters, we're going to speak to Simon Pitts, who is the uh, Luton Town commentator. Uh, we're going to hear from Bowyer, an injury update on the state of the squad uh, as well. Plenty to get your teeth into on tonight's show. First things first, though, as is uh, the tradition these days on Charlton Live, we have to uh, start the show with a, a discussion from uh, Ronan Duchatelet. Uh, uh, it's Tuesday, so you know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> on a Tuesday now, we were sitting there, and uh, for the third week in a row, a statement has appeared on the club website without being tweeted anywhere or anything like that. Clearly, it's come from Belgium, whether it's been written by Ronan himself or by one of his uh, one of his chaps. We we don't know for certain, but it's certainly got all the hallmarks <coughs> of a, a Ronan Duchatelet statement in terms of there's a lot of confusion in there and uh, a lot of accusations and a lot of arguing with the protest group, uh, which is always good to see. I mean, I did, I mean, just, uh, there's plenty in there. It's mainly talking about the the staff bonus situation. It's it, it says it's going to clarify the staff bonus situation. You'll remember. Uh, last month, sort of midway through August, uh, there was this whole hoo-ha where the uh, the staff at the club hadn't been paid the bonuses that they believe they are entitled to. Uh, it came out in the Daily Mail, and there was uh, an email that went from Roland to his staff saying that they will not be being paid uh, this bonus. The club, uh, the club staff, then wrote an open letter to Mr. Duchatelet, which was uh, obviously tweeted out by many reputable news agencies, such as BBC London, such as you know the Guardian, all these different people. As well as card, uh, Roland's only focused on card though in this bit. Um, and since then, it's sort of there hasn't been much more since then, other than we know that they still haven't been paid their bonuses. Now, uh, in this statement, Roland or his uh, spokesperson is trying to uh, explain the reason why he believes that these uh, this state these uh, bonuses shouldn't be paid. He's talking about operational losses, which we heard at the time from his email that he sent to his staff a little while ago. Um, he also said he's going to investigate how this issue became national news in the UK <laughs> and beyond a significant blow to the reputation of the club, which was brilliant before that, mm. uh, and the owner and the ability of the owner to sell the club. So, I mean, there's plenty of stuff in there. He then goes on to moan about Card um, having uh, tweeted out this uh, letter at 5.53, although um, it has been pointed out elsewhere today, and uh, if he did his investigation before that, that other people, including, I believe, The Guardian, had tweeted it out before then anyway, so it's not like it was only Card. He's, he's, he's just solely focusing on Card, mm. but a lot of news people... Uh, I mean, obviously, this this letter, this open letter, was sent around to a lot of news 
agencies. You know, BBC Radio London had it, uh, so it's not like it's only card. Uh, and then he goes on saying that the owners, uh, the ownership believes that the fans and the EFL deserve to know what really happened and that the truth has been misrepresented. <laughs> misrepresented. Uh, another recent example of the relativity of truth for card is that was when they recently wrote they were disgusted to hear that Roland Duchatelet, our billionaire owner, is no longer willing to pay for academy players to drink water or eat breakfast. Uh, before then clarifying that they can have water whenever they want, but not actually mentioning any breakfast, which we do know <laughs> they have had taken away from them because Liv and Turk mentioned that in the fans' forum a couple of weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> Episode 3 of yeah. Tuesday Tripe. I'm glad we've got that clarified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did you make of that, Nath? Um I don't know. You, you see it come out every Tuesday, don't you? And you're at work and think, oh, cheer me up a little bit. Another, I mean, another day in the life I mean, of Charlton. I mean, first, first of all, I mean, if you're a member of staff who's still sitting there without the bonus, without their bonus. I mean, in in this this clarification statement, he he, uh, he mentions that the ownership can confirm that to date no legal action has been taken against the club on the issue of discretionary staff bonuses. Now, I mean, that will come. It, it doesn't happen overnight, and I know that people are getting stuff together in order to try and put one of those forward if needs be. Mm. Um, but if you're a member of staff who sit there already annoyed, are, are you even now possibly even more um, disgruntled that rather than just trying to sort this out and trying to come to an agreement that the owners now just going out and blaming the coalition against Roland de Châtelet, who overall have had very little to do with this bonus situation, they've just, of course, highlighted it the same way that many media organisations have as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, like you say, it just seemed the statement seemed to be more more along the lines of a to have a little pop at card, doesn't it? I mean, and they're not. He's not actually dealing with the situation in terms of bonuses. It might be in the background. I don't know. And like you say, there could be um, some sort of things happening in the background. But if you're a staff member, you just want it sorted. You just want to be paid for something that you were. Um, promised, I, I maybe maybe promised, or they were guaranteed. Well, they believe they were. Promised. Yeah, they believe yeah, they we were can't, promised. We can't, we can't say either way that, yet. But yeah, um, yeah so that, uh, any staff would just want it resolved because we've said it on the, on the show before. You know, they, they're not going to be earning millions of pounds a year like you know some some football players. So these bonuses could have been you know quite pivotal to them. Um, so yeah, they just want it. They just want it sorted. And to me, it just seemed. It's just an. It just seems like an ongoing saga, just to blame Khan. Like you say, that you know, other news outlets sort of said the news first. Mm. But he seemed to again just focus on um, focus on Card because he seems to have an infatuation with them. Who, who do you think the statement is aimed at? Because obviously we know there's the meeting with the EFL uh, coming up next month. I mean, do you think this is more for their benefit? Because surely, surely no one's reading that in the media and thinking, oh, well, that that's that sorted now. Then, yeah, I think it's, it's obviously to have a. Bit of a pop card, like I've said, but I mean, do I you think, think the EFL going to read that and think, oh, well, that's that? No, I think they, I think whoever's wrote it, I think we can have a good idea who has. Uh, it's obviously aimed at the EFL to, as well to say, oh, you know, look how good our communications are. You know, we're always saying what's going on, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a platform for him to give his views across. So then, when he, if he does meet the EFL, he can always refer back to this statement, if, if you will. Um, but it just doesn't, I mean, like you say, it's every Tuesday. It seems like it is every Tuesday. Last three you said, didn't it? Well, Livin de Turk only works Tuesday to Thursday from <laughs> so memory, so it makes sense that he's, he's got to be around <laughs> to help out with it. But that's what I mean, it just seems, it, it just looks silly, because then you're thinking, well, what's going to happen next Tuesday? Uh, yeah, uh, see you next Tuesday was what um, uh, Rick Everett wrote <laughs> his piece he ended it with. Um, I mean, what, what do you think about the line where he's saying that the, the author saying that they believe that 
uh, the issue becoming national news can perhaps damage the reputation of the club and the owner and make it harder to sell. I mean, starting off with the reputation of the club itself, I mean, I can't imagine that the reputation of the club was too good before this bonus situation came out. And, I mean, is it... Is it the own, is it the staff's problem that, that Roland not paying the bonus makes the club look bad, or is that not Roland's problem and Roland's fault? I think, considering in light in recent years that uh, you know, balls and pigs and crisp packets have gone on the pitch, I think yeah, the the reputation of the club is at its highest. I think, but, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what land he lives in to think that a reputation has been has been tarnished because of just this. Um, it's been tarnished since he's he's taken over. So. I don't think this has tarnished it. It's probably just strengthened the case to the EFL that whatever's happening here is is not going away anytime soon. And I just think everyone was just getting fed up with it. Yeah. Now. Even the media, they're probably bored of it now yeah. as well. I don't know. It gives us plenty to talk about. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think about the, uh, the, the point where he says that it makes it the club harder to sell? Because, I mean, I was sitting there and I kind of understand how... You know, it, it's it's a fairly paltry sum by the sounds of it. Apparently, it's around fifty grand's worth of bonuses that need to be paid. Now, if I had fifty, if fifty grand was nothing to me, I'd be a happy man. But it is nothing to to Roland now. So, in terms of reputational damage, he could he could have wiped it out with fifty grand, which is nothing. But I mean, is that going to make the club harder to sell? Because surely any new owner isn't going to is either going to think, well, that's nothing. I might even pay that if I need to be. But is he also going to think, well, why would that amount of money stop me buying the club? Why, why would that Why would that make it harder to sell? Because everyone knows that if the club's in a bad way in terms of the reputation, well, that's not going to be a new owner's problem. That's going to be the old owner's problem. No one's that stupid to think that someone's going to come in and they're going to get confused and think that they, this, this new person was the person who didn't pay the bonuses. Exactly. I mean, how much are we losing a month? What, about a million, is it? It's probably less than that. So, but, something yeah. less than that now, but what's 50 grand for one month? And even when you sell... You'll always say, "Oh, this one month was slightly higher because it was bonuses." But he's that rich. If it is, you know, along the lines of fifty grand, he can actually. If he was actually quite nice, he could just go. Do you know what? I'll, I won't even pay it through Charlton. I'll pay, I'll pay it through another entity that I have, like Staypix or something, mm. just to say these staff work their bums off. Have a bit of that. Do you know what I mean? But he won't do it, and I don't think that's going to affect a price of the club. Like you say, I don't think the owners, the the a new regime, if you if it were, are going to come in and go. Oh, no way, fifty grand. You're having a laugh, mate, aren't you? <laughs> They're not. And this is what I mean. This is why it's so petty. It's not like he's going to build a brand new stand or something like that. It's it's minimal in terms of the. It's a drop in the ocean in terms of the size of the club. The constant sniping at the coalition against Roland Duchat. They obviously the protest group at the moment. I mean. Uh, for anyone who's ever said, oh, these protests achieve nothing, I mean, they've clearly, clearly got to him because he can't stop talking about them. Exactly, and he's obviously, it's got they've got under their skin, uh, he skin rather, um, and yeah, he's probably a bit embarrassed, I would say, he's probably put his nose out of joint a little bit with all the protests and... Mm. he's obviously quite it's, proud of what he he thinks he does yeah. but it's obviously getting to him it's ironic if you think about the statement that came out after the Middlesbrough game a couple of years ago which which included the line that some people uh, want the club to fail now ironically this hap- so happens to be a time when we're actually doing really well on the pitch but all this stuff going around off it it, it can't it's fairly ridiculous to start bringing this sort of stuff up now when all the fans are still there trying to cheer on the team whereas behind the scenes he, you know, he's slashing the budget you know, I'm not saying he wants a club to fail, but he's certainly not going out of his way to make it as easy as possible for him. No, he's not. And if you if you look at the whole season so far, you know, home and away games, the fans have been unbelievable, to, in my opinion. And they're doing their bit to try and get this club back on track like they always have. 
Um, and it's obviously falling short when it comes to Roland. So it's obviously going to it's going to need a, we're all going to need to pull together. And it's only one of us doing it at the moment. Well, the players and the fans, and obviously there's someone else missing at the top who's not doing the same. Mm. Right. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, to the free word review. Uh, we always try and do one every week. Luckily, it's always a fun one when Roland gets involved. Uh, KB Little Sis still hasn't quite got the hang of the free word review because this one is a few more words than that. By clarification, you mean Codswallop uh, in reference to the club's uh, statement that it was clarifying the uh, the bonus situation. Clint says, sham, bubbling, bambles. <laughs> um, uh, and then he has rubber shoes resigns, I guess uh, referring to Tom, uh, the head of comms here but I don't think he's got any plan to resign that I know of uh, Connor says it was a waste of time Alison says it was complete utter bull uh, and Will Bolland says it was more Belgian waffle right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live when we come back we're going to hear from Lee Boyar oh it's good header and it's Bellic with the header thought it was going towards Pierce. Went instead to the Arsenal Loney, who's buried his first goal in a Charlton shirt, and Charlton now have a 2-1 lead with only three minutes left of normal time. And they've been putting Southend under pressure for the last two or three minutes, and Cullen's corners all game have been excellent, but a lot of them have been deep towards the back post. Not that time, it was swung in hard and low towards the near post. Billick made a brilliant run, got away from his man, and thundered a header into the near post. Oxley had no chance in the Southend goal, and with, what, two and a half minutes left, Charlton have regained the lead and lead here 2-1. Charlton Live. Right, let's get back to talking about football, shall we? Because, of course, uh, the club are doing well uh, on the pitch at the moment. A good little run, uh, four wins in a row here in uh, in League One. Uh, last week's late winner against uh, Plymouth uh, stretching that run to four. So uh, nine games in now. Now, Lee Bayer always talks about sort of a nine-game set each time. Uh, that's how he sort of times the season. He uh, divides the season into groups of nine games. But obviously, so now uh, you'd argue that after nine, ten games, uh, the league is starting to take shape. And Lee Bayer was talking about that earlier on today. I would say... Um... After the nine games, you get a rough idea who's going to be where. I still think there'll be a little bit of movement with, with the teams that are up there at the moment, but I, I think he's starting to take a bit of shape now. I always said like it takes four or five games to get into the swing of things, fitness-wise, and and um, and then you start getting in the right right place. I think, and and, and the team starts getting its shape and and, and know how. And fitness gets better, so um, I said that at the start of the season, and and now with us as a club are starting to do the right things and move in the right direction. So I think it's about fair where we are at the moment. Probably another two or three points we could have had to on, on top of what we've got, but I'm, I'm happy, especially with with the the way we started with the amount of injuries that we had and. and we were down to bare bones in the start of the season so where we are now I'm, I'm very happy Are you surprised to find yourself in this position bearing in mind the persistent injury problems you've encountered? No I'm not I'm not surprised because I knew once they started to come back then the squad is very good um, and I think that's, that's proven over the last month uh, I think that we've shown that we are a good team, a good squad of players. And, um, and I expect that to continue now. 
you said just now you were down to the bare bones, but you still picked up points when people maybe thought, well, no, they're, they're really struck and they put a side out, but it shows the character of the team. Yeah, yeah. And, and I knew that would carry on from the back end of last season. I knew we had character and we've brought in players that are adding to that, the character side of things and like bringing in experience like your practically, you know, he's, he's a character around the place, but he's also a winner and, and demands. So adding people like that and, and Ward, you know, they, they've been there, seen it, done it. So um, I think they're important people that we've brought in with, with some younger ones that are good players, but are learning. So, um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy where we are. Like I said, there's probably another two or three points we could have had on top of that. And we've played Sunderland and we've played Peterborough and they're both up there and we didn't deserve to lose either of them games. So um, I think we're in a good place and and the lads realise that they've they've got a chance. So early on in the season, they realise now you don't just win four on a spin unless you're a good team. Says so Bay uh, as the uh, the league table starts to to take shape. There, he's mentioning about how uh, both the league table and uh, his own squad is starting to really grow into the season. Um, mentioned about you know considering where we were at the start of the season with the injuries and the uh, you know the, the the small squad and the defeats. We only don't forget we only won one in our first five as well. Now we've had, we've won four in a row, taking us up to five wins already. Um, I mean, we've really grown into this season. Now, as the league is starting to take shape, we're sixth. I mean, do you think we're now we're going to see the sides that are going to be in that top six? The likes of, so we've got Peterborough and Portsmouth at the top, Sunderland a third, Donny and Walsall also above us. I mean, do, do you think these is starting to shape up quite nicely now? Yeah, it's starting to shape up quite nicely. I still think, obviously, Barnsley will be up there towards the end of the season. You'd expect um, Doncaster and Walsall to fall away at some point, but I said the same with Shrewsbury. Um, last season so I still think there's a couple of movements to go in you don't know if Burton are going to go on a run they've still got a decent side for this level so yeah it's going to be um, I still think there's a little bit of movement to go in but I can't see it especially Peterborough you know with the amount of goals they've scored so far I can't see them um, dropping too far below the top six because they've always been a threat at this level mm. anyway so and obviously the way that we've started to grow into the season would have pleased Bowyer and he's talking about points that even so that you know, the lights of Sunderland away, which we, we could have got something from. Peterborough at home, we should have got something from as well. Um, you know, do, do you think that we're at our best now? Are we approaching our best? I think so. I mean, if I, if, if I, if I think back to the early part of the season, the Sunderland and the Peterborough game, I don't think we deserve to lose, like Bowyer said. The Atkinson game was probably the game, the only game this season where I, th- I believe we was going to win and win comfortably. And on the day, I don't think we deserve to win the game in my opinion, um, against Accrington. But now, I think now we're getting, you know, Igor's trying to get fit, you know, Clark's starting to get fitter and Fosu's back and we're getting a lot of people back now. So we are, we are providing everyone stays fit. Obviously, I know we've just lost Pat, but providing everyone stays fit, we, we're getting stronger now and we need to because we've got some good, we've got some difficult games coming up in October. Mm, and I guess once, really once the, the league starts to bite in terms of the, the Tuesday evening games, which will start to happen a little bit more often. Now we've had another one move. Now the Warsaw away game that was for, for next month has been postponed due to international duties. That's going to be another one that's going to end up on a Tuesday. That's when you're really going to see the test of your squad. Um, you know, playing at Everton's play two games a week in some cases. Yeah, and Bo said, you know, he said a lot of it last year. It was difficult with the size of the squad playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. 
Um, but we've got a squad now um, that should be able to to compete, and the Bows will be able to tweak here and there. So you know you'll have your Prattleys playing. Prattley won't be able to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Simple, and then that's where the likes of that. It's a good thing that Morgan and Lapsley's been blooded in quite early on, but not been used too much, because they're the games that they can probably come in um, and do a job for us um, now and again. So <clears throat> it's going to be tough. Um, like we've we've been in here for a, a few years now, so we know what it's like. But we just need to keep everyone fit and not get any silly suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, Fossu's red card, for example, <laughs> at, at South End. I mean, I mentioned, I mentioned they're the likes of... Pos- I mean, who, who would you say currently is the best team in League One, from what we've seen? From what I've seen so far, I think Peterborough, by, going forward... But they didn't uh, look all that against us. No, they did it. I just think they've got a lot of different dimensions. I think that Dembele they've got, and they've got Cummins and Godden. I think they've they scored 24 goals this year, which is a lot more, I think it's about 10 more than Portsmouth. It might be, it might be less than that, but... They're on. They can score a lot of goals. I mean, they beat Plymouth five-one. I know we should have beat them at least five-one, but it didn't <laughs> happen. But I think I think Sunderland will probably. So you're looking at Sunderland, Peterborough, and Barnsley for the, in terms of squad. Um, so I think it'd be between them three. Um, but anything can happen in this league. You know, look at Shrewsbury. You might have someone like Oxford. <laughs> can go, but probably not. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, anything can happen in the league. It's very unlikely, but yeah. But I think those are the top three for me. Excellent. Right. Um, also, during the week, uh, Monday, uh, everyone loves a, a nice workout in a jolly, uh, a jolly up when, when you get a chance to spend a day out of the office. Now, uh, footballers are no exception to this. Uh, Lee Bowyer took the lads paintballing on Monday. A superb picture of uh, Bose. In. They all look great in their camouflage gear. But there's something about Bose uh, in his camouflage gear with his, with his little smiley face. Nabby. Yeah, Nabby. Nabby. I could just imagine Nabby just walking through, not even running from anyone, just, <laughs> just marching through, just using his fists to throw like the blooming paintballs. Nabby, <laughs> Nabby did look like he meant business. But anyway, it was a, a good bit of team building. Uh, Bose was asked uh, who, whose idea it was. That was my idea um, because I think it's, it's good to sometimes step away from the training ground and, and get that team bonding and and have a laugh I think that's important um, it's a long season Mondays is normally like a down day anyway and you come in the players don't really do much the ones that started the games so um, I think it was a good opportunity to, to mix the, the new players in with the ones that, were, that was already here so um, obviously a couple of them had to miss out because of because of injury but um, yeah it, it's my idea and I think it's a good one and like everyone enjoyed it yeah they had a good laugh and, and that's that's part of it you know obviously their, their main train is on the football pitch but then we've done that Tuesday Tuesday's a, 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 a tough day and um, so yeah today's like the real focus now on Luton and, and how we're going to go about tackling them but Monday's is a bit of a down day so I thought that was a good opportunity to to go and away from here and and have a bit of a laugh you know and um, and, and it's just team bonding really that's that's all it is and no matter, take, a, take the chance to have a shoot, shoot the manager yeah a few of them did <laughs> but that's part of it that's part of it it's someone shot me on my backside from like point blank I don't know who it was I think Prattley got me in the back and he was on my team Again, like I see him chuckling, but uh, no, it's, it's, he's dropped it's, now. He's, he won't be involved Saturday now. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's um, 
it's all good fun, you know. It's everyone has little pops at someone at some stage in it, and then the last game was like a big free for all. Everyone shooting against everyone, and so no, it was it was a good laugh. I think um, the lads enjoyed it, and, and so it was like a warm down session really because it was it was quite tiring. It was more tiring than I thought it was going to be. So. Uh, yeah, so no, it was it was a good day, and, and mixing the players and the staff together was uh, is also important, I think. <laughs> there we go. Uh, good to see the lads uh, out and enjoying themselves. <laughs> I like the fact. So, I mean, with our injury uh, susceptible <laughs> squad, that's a bit of a risky one, wasn't it? I'd love to see it. Squad sports news, but Naby saw misses out due to a paintball injury. That sounds like the sort of thing we had. They're, they're painful as well. Yeah, no, they're, I, I they, went, uh, yeah. they can pierce the skin if done at point blank. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like someone uh, someone did to Bose as well. Pants. I like the fact that <laughs> the Pratley's now going to be dropped uh, for getting involved in the paintball. Jokes aside, I mean it's all good team bonding. Nothing wrong with a bit of that. I think so. I mean, we've you know we've just come off a four four game winning run. Uh, there's no harm in having a bit of fun and banter it's just like any one of us will um, and the, I think if you think back to the, the season where we won the league one of the Chris Powers we had that team spirit we had that camaraderie um, and we need to try and instill that because it hasn't been you know since then we've not really had um, a settled squad or you know there's always something going on so I think it's a good thing that Bose has done and um, just to try and keep the momentum going because We've got some winnable games coming, so we're going to need a lot of team, a lot of character from everyone to obviously pull us through it. I mean, do, do you think like team team bonding that sort of thing is important? I oh, mean, do, the, the team spirit it, it can really affect how you play because we saw, you know, when we were having that difficult phase in Robertson's, you know, the, the, his first season, his first half season, uh, there was all this disharmony in the squad. People texting each other saying they wanted to leave. Remember the Shrewsbury game where we lost four three, where Robertson came out and said it. I mean, it, if things are going badly on that front, then it can really affect the team on the pitch. Hundred percent. I mean, you could you could think of it in, in in any walk of life, really. I mean, at your, at your work, if you don't really get on with your teammates, you ain't really going to want to go that extra mile for them and try and help them out. Same as football, if you're not really getting on with one of your, your you know your teammates, you're not going to want to go and run that extra twenty yards to close someone down with them or anything like that. So I think it's shit. I think it's underestimated for sure. Um, uh, in terms of camaraderie and teamwork, so I think it's a great thing that we're doing it. If you could shoot one, uh, one player, one, one Charlton player, past or present, with a paintball fan, gun, then. yeah, or fan. I mean, if you want to, if you want to really take it personal, if you could shoot <laughs> one Charlton player, past or present, with a paintball gun, which one would you choose, See, or manager, past uh, or present, past or uh, someone? Barrels going past. You say one that's present, it could cause. So I've never really situation. disliked anyone. I've, I've, some, oh. I've actually, I tell you what, I'll do someone who frustrated me. Was that was Akpo? Yeah, Akpo. He, he frustrated the life out of me. But you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But then I'd run because he would probably thump me to the ground <laughs> if he ever caught me so excellent right well, if, you, if you guys want to get involved with shooting anyone with a paintball gun tweet us in tweet us in your suggestion <laughs> yeah, not me if you want to know that's fine uh, right let's have another quick break here on Chart and Live back in 30 seconds if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Back inside, it comes to Reeves. Instant ball into the box. Tyler's there. So is Mitch It drops to ground. Yes! Come on! Has buried the goal that could give Jordan the three points. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Myself, Louis Mendes and Nathan Muller here in the studio at the Valley. We're going to look ahead to Saturday's game with Luton Town uh, in a few moments. Time, don't forget, if you want to uh, listen to us looking back at that game, we'll be here on Sunday evening on Maritime Radio at 7 o'clock or you can download the podcast, as uh, most of you do, uh, from Acast or iTunes to listen to any of our shows uh, after the event. We'll have uh, interviews with Lee Bowyer. On, uh, on Saturday after the game, of course. Uh, we've got another interview coming up for you now. Ben Reeves uh, came in to speak to us after the, the win over Plymouth. Of course, he set the winner up uh, last Saturday against uh, the Pilgrims. And uh, Ben Reeves reckons that Charlton uh, will only get better as the injured players uh, continue to return to the side. Yeah, because we've got a couple of players out now, like you can see, but we've still got a great squad. And two weeks' time, you've got everyone back, and then you're thinking, who's going to be on the bench? Because we've got such a good squad, it's it's not a case of who's going to be in the starting eleven. It's who's going to be on the bench because our squad's so good at the moment. Um, yeah, like I say, the belief is important as well for us, and I think we believe from the top as well, the manager and everyone down, um, which is good, and obviously the crowd as well now behind us. And I think that was great for us at the end of the game there to get the winner right in front of them. Whereas last year, you might say it just fizzles out as a one-one draw, but. I think it was brilliant this year to get the goal right in front of the fans and, and they deserved it and we deserved it, I thought. Great last four games, obviously four wins. Uh, looking towards Luton maybe for the fifth. Is there? Is there? Do you allow yourself as a, as a squad or even as an individual to look too far ahead or about what we can achieve? Uh, no, I think the main thing for us at the moment is we just know we what the squad we've got and we should go into the games and hoping to win the games. Um, and it, well, there's going to be a few hiccups on the way but we're, we're confident that we can go to places and win. Like we did last week at Bradford. Can you just what was your view of the winner? You mentioned um, what ego was that to? How did you see it from where you were standing? Well, Paige set the ball back, and then obviously I just thought uh, it was on TV the other day about someone setting the ball back and getting it across him first time. I just thought cross it first time rather than take a touch because then they can set themselves a little bit. So I just thought get it in. Um, I couldn't really see what, Eagle, what happened with Igor and Lyle because I, I just saw them next to each other. So I don't know if they got in each other's way or confused each other. Um, yeah, and then I just saw it drop 
to Carlin, who was in my sight of view, and then I just knew he was going to score, which was great for us. Um, the manager's been in Lee, um, and we've been asking him where he thinks the team are now, because uh, it seems that every game he says we're going to get better. But he's, he's now saying you, he feels you're on a par with the better teams in this division, the Sunderlands, the Peterbys, the Pompeys. Yeah, I think no doubt we are. Um, I think we need to believe that as well. Um, and I think we're starting to believe that. But we can, we know we can play better. Um, spells today we were really good, but then spells where we weren't as good, or it was end to end. Um, but I think we all know we can get better and, and do it for 90 minutes as well. And of course, Lee is full time boss now. So, what, what's he done since he came into? He's lifted the whole club, really. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I think. Him and Jacko, I think working together has been brilliant. Um, they just kept things simple, like everyone knows what their job is, people know what they're doing, and you know that you have to work hard. That's the first thing that comes comes into his side. Uh, probably a bit like what it was like as a player, which yeah. is good for us. Obviously, it's, it's obvious the crowd in the ground the last few weeks that the atmosphere is much better. I take it's the same in training. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite intense training sometimes now because everyone wants to get better and fighting for places and, and players want to play and players want to keep fit and uh, and things like that and you see like today someone comes on for the bench they could get the winner so players mm. want to be that player who can who can make the difference and is Lee pretty demanding in what he yeah training every awesome. training every day is demanding um, I think it was Bradford when we lost no when we won obviously 2-0 um, and we were all in on a Monday uh, and we all knew that training was going to be difficult and, and we want, he wanted, he said after the game, first thing he said was training has to be really high quality and really intense on the Monday and on the Tuesday because we can play better than what we played at Bradford and training this week has been brilliant and I think we showed some of that on the pitch mm. today. Ben Reeves there chatting about all sorts of things saying he certainly thinks that Charlton can get better or continue to get better says he agrees with Boyer that... Um, he thinks we're on a par now with the likes of Sunderland and, and uh, Portsmouth. I mean, do you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think so. I th- and another thing I thought we um, we've definitely increased is our our grit and to turn games around. I think the last two home games went one nil down. Um, come back to win it. I think Ben touched on it there. It would have fizzled out as a one or draw maybe last year in, or in previous seasons. But we always felt like we was in the game and. We we done in both games. We have done well to come back, and and that's what you need. Sometimes it's not going to be all pretty and winning, you know, three nils and five nils and playing people off the park. Sometimes you've got to grind your teeth and get these results, and that's what we're doing. And that's that's a good sign of a good team in a who wants to go up. I found it really interesting when he said that uh, he's talking about his assist for for Carlin's winner uh, on on Saturday against Plymouth about how basically he said that he saw something on the telly yeah. uh, for to cross in first time on the TV uh, and and it was just it just flashed through his mind. It's just instinct, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. He's mat- crossed the ball. It doesn't give the, the defenders time to sort of settle and get their bodies turned into a position where they could like to clear the ball. But great little assist for me, goal, wasn't it? <laughs> Come yeah, off his ear or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Reeves himself uh, has been impressive this season. Obviously, you know, same as last season. He had a disrupted preseason. He, he he was injured at the start of the campaign, uh, so it's taken him a while. But this time, he's actually hit the ground running. Whereas last season, it took him a, a long old while to really get up to speed. I think so. I think he was my man of match on Saturday um, for sure. I think he what Reeves brings to us now is he brings that fluidity he can go in the little pockets and that's the player we bought that was the player we always used to see at MK Dons 
that game when they beat us in the FA Cup and he scored that belt. That's what the the Ben Reeves that we all thought we were getting, and it's it's nice for him to to start kicking on now because he's a good player for this level. I, no one can deny that, but um, he obviously just needs to keep the consistency levels up, um, and which he he'll need to, especially with with players like Fosu and Clark coming back. Obviously, Clark maybe not so for the next few weeks, but he's going to need to maintain those standards for him to stay in the team. Mm. I mean, why do you think that he has hit the ground running this season and not so much last season? Because obviously, Charlton chased him pretty much all summer. He was, mm. he was Carl Robertson's mate, wasn't he, basically? I mean, he, he loved him at MK. He chased him all summer to get him here. But he, he just didn't hit, it just didn't happen for him at times last season. Maybe towards the end of the campaign, he came into it. But at times last year, it wasn't happening for him. Why do you think he's improved this year? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, it's difficult because when he came, when Bowyer first came in, and he was quite, playing quite narrow in that four, wasn't he? In the diamond, and it, I thought he play, he had a good end of the season, and he was going to have a good pre-season. Then he, and then obviously got injured. But I think Bowes lets lets those players have a little bit more freedom. I think in when when Robinson was in charge, we had that rigid formation, and the only place that Ben would fit in would be that number ten. But then he always used to get marked out of a game a lot. Um, so I think Bose has instilled a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of fluidity with the midfield. And you got to remember, Bose was a as a good, was a decent midfielder. So he's probably learning a lot from um, Bose himself and mm. Jacko. He describes he describes Reeves uh, as one of his clever ones as well yeah. uh, during last week as well. And that is something you need slightly different because you, you still need. You know, we've got the two players up top in in Carl and Grant and Lyle Taylor who are banging all the goals up. You still need someone to create chances for him, especially you know when when you have the likes of a home game against a Plymouth team or who or a Wickham team or whoever who are going to try and make try and make it a little bit difficult for them to be broken down. Exactly that. And you're gonna need players who can thread a thread a thread a thread what's it called? For an eye of a needle, yeah. That, yeah, there we, there we go. <laughs> um, and that yeah, like you say, that's what um Reevesy can do. Uh you wouldn't see Prattley doing it, you know, you've got you've got the Joe Rebos, the Reeves, the Clarks. They're the sort of players that are gonna give you that like exactly like you say, when they're sitting behind the ball and you're gonna need a bit someone who's mm. really clever, someone who thinks out of the box, a bit of vision. Um, and yeah, I'm delighted for him because he—he, I thought he was outstanding on yeah. Saturday. Right, I did ask uh, everyone listening who they would like to shoot with a paintball gun, uh, past or present Charlton players. Uh, Crispy says, "How could you not want to shoot Pardew with a paintball gun?" <laughs> I was—I was, I was trying to lead you down that path, Nate. When I said past or present, maybe a manager. I thought you were going to definitely say Pardew. Chris Powell. Ah, oh, <laughs> get off! Get off my show. <laughs> Pardew, uh, that's a good good shout though, Crispy. Yeah. He's a good one. Yeah, as long as he doesn't sort of dance his way out of the way oh, like Neo. That's I, so you, cringe. I, I just imagine him doing the the, the like. His FA Cup final dance, but Neo style, like from the Matrix and bending over back. Dan Seaborn would be one, just for the fact of why. <laughs> yeah. Just why. Yeah, well, London Geezer agrees with Crispy, says Paintball, Robinson, and Pardew, boom, right up the Jaxi. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Right, excellent. Uh, remind me never to go paintballing with uh, London in a geezer because uh, I want I want my Jaxi to remain in one piece. Right, uh, it's all pretty much time to start looking ahead to uh, Saturday's uh, trip to Luton Town. Obviously, uh, the Hatters have uh, got promoted again uh, or back into League One after a few years uh, out in non-league and then in League Two. So I spoke to Simon Pitts. He's the uh, Luton Town uh, commentator and following uh, promotion from League Two last season, I wanted to know how uh, Luton have settled uh, into life back in League One. I think Luton have settled in very well into um, League One. Um, picked up ten points from four home games um, away from home, yet to win, but still looking strong and been very unlucky on a couple of occasions. Um, Portsmouth on the opening day, we should, certainly should have come away with a victory. Um, and likewise, Blackpool at the weekend, we were probably the better team overall. So. 
it's just turning those uh, away away points into more um, to match the home form. But we're top half and, um, you know, we're looking strong at the moment. Certainly the performances generally have been very good, uh, considering the step up. Yeah, I mean, has the momentum from last season just carried on then? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, you look back on the opening three games and we had a very tough start with Portsmouth away, then Sunderland at home and Peterborough away. You know, they're teams that are all at the top of the table and expected to end the season up up that way. So, you know, yes, we only took a, a draw from those three games, but actually, as I said earlier, Portsmouth away, we should have won that game. We were comfortably the better team and even their management team have said that um, to draw at home to Sunderland. Peterborough away was a disappointing first half, but then we looked much stronger in the second and since then, we've only lost one game in the league. So, you know, it's, it's looking good through the last six. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, after the uh, the, uh, the the downfall back, back to, to non-league, it's been a bit of a steady rise now over the last few years. Um, I mean, have they have they looked to build on promotion last season with their summer transfer business this year? I think certainly think you would say they have. I mean, the players that have come in have come from a higher level. Um, you know, Sonny, Sonny Bradley, of course, was at Plymouth in League One. So, you know, he played... Um, you know, high level to us from our League Two last season. Uh, Matty Pearson came in from Barnsley, um, who of course were Championship last season. Um, George Grant is a Nottingham Forest player, but um, you know has, has come in on loan for the season. Um, we had then Unano Kane from Leeds United. Uh, sadly, broke his leg recently, and you know we wish him well with his recovery. And just today, we've announced the signing of Kazenga Luwalua. Um, until the end of the season. So, you know, they're, they're players that have played at a higher level um, and are certainly adding to the squad that we've got. Mm. And in Nathan Jones, they've got one of the uh, best-rated young managers around at the moment, Luton. Certainly have, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you know, he's really come on uh, well with us at the club. You know, perhaps fans hadn't really heard of him when we had him from Brighton, but certainly when you start to talk around the footballing world, you talk to people or you hear from people that have worked with him in the past, um, and he's very highly rated, and he's proved just that at Luton um, over the few seasons that he's been with us. Yeah, former coach at Charlton as well, of course. I mean, what, what is it that he that he does? Do you think that has made him so successful so far? I wish I knew, and I might have a job similar to him. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously something in you know he's he's so his worth ethic is certainly one thing that is very noticeable uh, as a fan and and watching on from the sidelines. You know, the, when you talk to him and you hear the the hours that him and his team put in, the the research, the preparation, you know, everything that goes into it is obviously passion for for doing well. And you know what he does on the training ground uh, is obviously. Uh, you know, helping the team and helping the squad to, to develop as well. And, um, you know, whatever that secret is, it's certainly something that uh, he's got there. And uh, we're very grateful that he's at Luton Town and, and using it with us at the moment. What are the, the sort of hopes and the aims really for this season following promotion? Is it sort of establishing themselves in the division? Or are they, are they looking at the top half, at the top six, perhaps? Um, I think you'd get a different answer to to um, from certain fans. You know, the majority I think would be saying, yeah, they'd be pleased just to be top half and um, you know, as you've said, getting a good position in the league. I think there's others that would be saying, well, hang on, you know, we've got a good squad here. We've got players that have played at this level. Um, we've got a manager that's clearly capable of managing at this level and beyond. Um, so we should be looking at at least challenging for the playoffs, perhaps even. Um, so myself personally. I certainly think you know top half we should be we should be looking at as as a taken, and then we should be focusing on on looking at those playoff positions at least. Um, we've shown from the performances this season that we are capable of doing that. We just, as I said, just 
one or two of those results haven't quite got our way on the day, um, if we can get the momentum going with some away wins, you know, backing up the home wins, then who knows what pressure we might suddenly be putting on. Mm. But it's a long way to go, and there's some good sides in this division. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, saying we've got every right to be playoffs, but I think with what we've got in our squad, what we've got on the training ground, what we've got in the management team, we're capable of it. And uh, you mentioned that home form, so unbeaten at home, won four, all, all of their last four in every competition. So what is it about their home form? That's, uh, do they pretty much sort of come at the away team from the off? It's been a mixture, to be honest. I mean, the South End game, we scored first and took a 2-0 victory um, and looked quite comfortable on that. Um, with Shrewsbury, that was much tougher work. Um, they actually went 1-0 and 2-1 up, but our second-half performances all season um, have tended to be strong, and that was the case again. You know, we pulled back and, and scored goals in the second half to win that one. Um, the Bristol Rovers came was very comfortable and should have been far more than just a one nil win. So, you know, that was a bit. This that scoreline didn't reflect um, the you know the actual match. Uh, that should have been much more. But um, you know, it, it has been a case that the score in the first goal in two out of those three games has been critical. Um, the other game, of course, you refer to is the um, the Checker Trade. Uh, football league trophy um, against Brighton the, their under 21s and you know, that was more of a case with all due respect men v boys in that um, example we didn't play um, the first team that you'd expect to feature in the league in that one but it just shows the strength that we've got in the squad that uh, you know we were still able to, to beat them and again look comfortable in, in possession at home So who, who would you designate as the danger men for, for Charlton on Saturday? Well I mean certainly looking at your uh, your your scorers up front, you're a hand grant and Taylor both got five goals apiece, haven't they? Um, you know, so it's quite clear that they're going to be the threat. Um, Lyle Taylor, I think former AFC Wimbledon, isn't he? We, we've come across him previously. Um, and I think, and I think we possibly may have even seen a hand grant. Certainly a name I recognise there. So, uh, you know, they look as though they're going to be the, the obvious threats. Um, but then, you know, a team and a club like Charlton again, uh, they might have off the field issues, but the strength in the squad and the way you've started the season, you know, that's uh, it's more impressive than Luton's at the moment, isn't mm. it? Yeah, and, and from a Luton point of view, which uh, which players should Charlton be looking out for? Well, I mean, on their day, you know, it's uh, you'd you'd not want to pick one or two out of the team of eleven, but I mean, Danny Hilton unfortunately has missed out a few games recently. Um, whether he's back or not, we wait to see. Um, Elliot Lee scored three goals he's our top scorer this season in the league but then we've got the defence have equally been strong and Matty Pearson's popped up with a couple of goals um, George Grant showed what skill he's got with a free kick against Shrewsbury he also scored against Brighton um, you know the, the quality can come and can go through from, from quite a few players in there um, Peli Rudakampanz who's had an incredible start to the season and certainly a player that has, uh, has changed over the last few years and um, perhaps just needs to add goals to his game now to to really get the all round look there. So, how do you see Saturday's game going? Who? What's your prediction for the match? Whoa, that's that's always the big question, isn't it? What's the prediction? I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think both sides will look at it that uh, you know they're playing against a um, very good opposition. Um, you know, as I said, Charlton are, are higher than us in the table at the moment. Whether you've played quite the same level of teams as we have. Um, that does make a difference uh, after just nine games, doesn't it? I mean, in effect, we're five points behind, but we've only lost one game um, more than Charlton. So, 
Um, neither team scoring too many goals, neither team conceding too many goals. So I think it'll be a very tight affair, but obviously hoping that uh, Luton's home form can continue the way it has and uh, we'll take the three points. Thanks very much to Simon Pitts there, Luton Town uh, FC commentator, for giving us a, a preview on what we can expect from the Hatters. Nathan Jones, of course, former uh, former coach here, uh, doing a really impressive job over there. Yeah, he is, and I think with um, obviously before Bo's come in, um, a lot of a lot of people, including myself, was sort of um, posing the question if if Nathan Jones would be up for coming back, especially knowing the club when he worked here. Uh, got on very well with the with the younger players, um, and seemed to obviously won the uh, the division, didn't he? The area trophy or whatever it was called uh, with the with the younger side. So he's obviously got got some good ideas, and he he obviously gets his points across, and um, they're doing very well. Although I remember last year they were scoring loads and loads of goals yeah. last year, so they're very pro- prolific, um, especially at home. Um, so yeah, like I agree with him. It's going to be it's going to be a tight game, I mm. think, just like. Just like a lot of games. Yeah, you know, on the opening day of last season, they they knocked eight goals past Yeovil, and then twice uh, <laughs> that season they then scored seven goals at home as well. So they're not afraid to stick it in the back. And it's interesting when you play a team that's just come up from the division below, um, because sometimes you don't really know what to expect. Sometimes you look at the likes of Accrington. We went there thinking, "Oh, we're the bigger team here," but and, and expecting to get a result, fans-wise, not necessarily mm. the players. Um, but you know, when you face a, a Luton side that have won promotion, you know, got a lot of points last season. They're on a good roll. Their home form is impressive. They've won the last four in all comps at home, uh, unbeaten uh, so far at home, including the game against Sunderland. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a real tough one. I think. I think it will be, and we've got to give teams uh, the respect that they deserve, even to the extent of Wickham. Um, I think we focus too much on Akin Fenwar and. Obviously went one nil down in that game, but you know every every team's in this division within their own right, and anyone can beat anyone on their day, and that's what makes this you know this league so tricky to get out of, get out of. But I think we'll go there and give Luton the respect, but go there buoyant in in terms of the form that we've got as well. So because I know that they won't look at us thinking it's going to be an easy game either. I mean, how, how do you think we would look to try and? approach the game because obviously as the away side you know against a team that does have a good home record do you think we'll be going there just on the back foot I mean it doesn't seem like the way we try and attack it attack any game really we, we tend to go out and try try and get on the front foot early doors other than perhaps the Sunderland game well even the Sunderland game we were we played really well in the first half but we did have to soak up a bit of pl- a pressure so I guess we would be expecting to go out and try and put a bit of pressure on the home side yeah I think I don't think Bose is um is ever that way inclined I don't think he'll ever park the bus um, and no disrespect to Luton, it's not like you know. You know, we're playing Man City away. Um, you know, they're beatable, and they'll probably think that we that they can beat us. So, I think you know, we want to away from home. You want to be solid for the first ten, fifteen minutes. Make sure we don't give anything silly away, and then build on that. And I think we've we've got a lot of pace in the team. You got your folks who's coming back, so I doubt you'll start. But you've we've got players who can change a game as well if we've kept it tight uh, up until you know towards the end of the game. Mm, excellent. Right, uh, Lee Boyer, of course, uh, wanted to look ahead to the game with uh, Luton as well. Um, we've we've suffered with our injuries over the last uh, well the the last fifteen years really, but <laughs> over, over over the last period of time we suffered with our injuries. But who can we expect back for the trip to Kenilworth Road? Uh, we have Prattley back. Um, he's back in the squad. He's been training this week. Uh, that's it. Um, Luton's a good side. I've watched them. Against Bristol Rovers and, and Blackpool, and um, I'm going to watch them tonight against Peterborough. So they played a different formation, obviously. So um, 
yeah, they're a good side. They moved the ball well. They've spent wisely in the summer. I think they've brought in some some good players, and um, I was I was surprised on how how good they was really. Um, but it's going to be going to be tough going there for sure. Um, they they move the ball well. They compete. They press high, and they get bodies in the box. And for teams that do that, then have good rotation in midfield. Um, so yeah, they're, they're dangerous. Christian Bielik still out of contention. Yeah, Christian's still out. Maybe another ten days. Um, we tried getting him out running, and and that didn't work. So um, he's we had to take a step back from him, and uh, so now he's moving in the right direction. He's run the last day or so on the treadmill so we're hoping that that will now start to kick on but we, we just have to be careful with him you know he's, he's got one of these little injuries in his calf and it's not like a normal just a calf strain this silly little muscle in there somewhere that, that just keeps getting irritated whenever he's trying to come back so um, but yeah he, he, we're getting back and and add to the squad because we've missed him he's a good player but the lads that have stepped in have, have done well, so um, that's the part of it, the old point of having a good squad. Is his injury taking longer than anticipated to clear up? Yeah, for sure. We thought he was going to be ready last week. Um, at, at worst, this week. But we've tried to get him back into training this week, running. It just it keeps getting pain. So uh, that was at the start of the week, and now towards the end, he's starting to ease off a bit. So it's something that just took a bit longer. Everyone's body is different, so you, it's difficult for the physio department to say, "Oh, he'll be back in two weeks." That might be for one player, but for another player, it might be three weeks. And, and unfortunately, all our bodies ain't the same. So a lot of these injuries is, is a bit of guesswork at times, and and unfortunately, his one's been longer than than. We first anticipated. So bad news about Christian Billick uh, is going to be out for a further ten days, which we'll talk about uh, in in a few moments' time. But I mean, good news, Prattley's coming back into the squad, and that's at least you know I, I don't expect he's going to be starting on Saturday. But that's someone else to have in the on the bench, and perhaps if we're if we're winning uh, with 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 ten minutes left to play, you'd think uh, it might be someone in to just come in and just add a bit more bite to the midfield if necessary. Yeah, of course. I think Prattley's one of those players. Um... Uh, that he can he can provide that protection, provide the energy in the midfield if we're trying to see a game out, help the young lads around him. Um, game management would be key. Um, I think obviously with with Bose as well, he said that um, I was about to say Preston Luton uh, press high, so I don't think they're going to give us much time. So I think I think we might have to play a little bit more direct than usual than we probably played on Saturday. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think probably it could be a good good sub if we, if we are winning the game one nil. Um, or even drawing it depends how the game's going so yeah I, I agree with you I don't think he'll, he'll come in straight away yeah, I mean, but if, even if you need someone with just a, with a bit of experience to come on to see the game out you know you'd remember maybe a year or two ago it'd be Jacko coming on to do that but someone like Darren Prattley who's still got a little bit of energy 
uh, to do that just could be really handy. It just is starting to show now that we are just starting to get, you know, it's still a small squad, but we're starting to get a few more options on the bench now, which is useful. Yeah, and it's game management, and, and that's players like him and Ward, and that's why um, both brought the experienced players in, because they can help in those sort of situations, and sometimes it's invaluable. Invaluable, And, um, yeah, hopefully we can... We can Hopefully we're a bit more comfortable than one nil, but <laughs> hopefully we can do that. And then he'll, he he can obviously come in and sort the shore up all the players around. Yeah, him. London in the geezer says it's got to be the same team as last week starting at Luton with uh, Prattley and Fossu on the bench for me. Uh, it's going to be a good away uh, day. Fans and uh, is uh, is sold out as well. Uh, like he says, Lyle is life. La la la. <laughs> Uh, well, Lyle is a great player. I mean, so we're talking about Fossu there. Obviously, not mentioned in the clip there, but he, his suspension's now over. Um, so. Can you see you saying you can't see him? You wouldn't start him. Uh, I think the performance on Saturday. I think it would be quite harsh for him to, for anyone to be dropped unless it was an injury. Um, and if we're yeah, if, you know, Fosu on his day is great, but I don't think he's earned any sort of given right to start the game. Um, I, I find it a bit harsh on anyone to be dropped. But again, he, he's an, he can be an impact player, and then if he does get on. That's for him to stake a claim to Bose to say no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start next week. So this is why it's good having the competition mm. in now. Well, just one. I'm just trying. To, I'm just looking through last week's starting lineup and trying to work out who I would, if I was tempted to put anyone in, uh, you know, fossil win for anyone. I, I'm, I am thinking, of, not that I would, but for example, if we're 25 minutes left to play, half an hour left to play, and, and Ward's tiring, and you bring on Fossil in the same position, I mean, that's going to be. You'd argue that's a even better replacement than Ward. But certainly, it's certainly going to give some tired legs to think about if we can bring Fossey off the bench. Yeah, of course, and I think I think Ward played quite well last week. He didn't. I thought he was quite instrumental in a lot of things. He didn't have too many shots. He's, and stuff, but I thought he's, yeah. he's done well. He, but he's intricate, isn't he? Yeah, like, and exactly like like you say, if you bring if you bring Fosso, what Fosso, I keep saying his name every different way. Fosso, <laughs> if you bring him on, like you say, if you're a centre half or a winger, Fosso ain't going to just sit in that hole. He's going to drift. And you're not going to want to face Fosu when you've got ten minutes to go. Yeah. You don't want him running at you. So yeah. I think that'll be a good good choice. But then that means Ward's got to play well, and he's got to keep his place. And this is the good thing. This is what we haven't had for a while. Yeah, I mean the the front two it goes without saying that that Carlin and, and Lyle aren't going to change ten goals between them, five goals each so far. Um, even the back four. I mean, obviously now with with Bowers' injury and and Billick, as we know, like another another ten days away. Naby Sars now going to continue to have to keep his place. Um, didn't do too badly last week in in the Plymouth game. No, that Nabby. Yeah, yeah. I did, I, there was a couple of hairy moments, like there always is. But um, no, I think I, you know I'm happy for Nabby, and we, I think we said on the show. I think it was a couple of weeks ago that is all he can do is just keep taking his chance and playing well and making it hard for Boya to to drop him. And he, yeah, he done. Especially at that, that's what we said on Thursday, wasn't it? It was going to be a bit, bit of a challenge with two left-footed centre halves. But obviously, Piercy went on the mantra and played. Play really well as well. So, but he's a he's a beast, isn't he? He's always going to be a threat at set pieces. And but yeah, I'm happy for Nabs. Yeah, obviously we heard there the frustration about uh, Christian Billick's injury taking longer to heal than was hoped because sort of this time last week, Bose was saying he was hoping to have him back for the Luton game. But now we're hearing another ten days. I mean, he did have his injury problems, didn't he? Last season, he didn't play a single game last season due to injuries, including the uh, second half of the of the the campaign was at uh, Walsall. He didn't get a single minute of play there. So you just hope that this 10 days will be the final one for the injury because the longer it drags on, the worse it will be for Christian because we saw when he, when he has played, he's looked brilliant so far. Yeah, you'd hope so because 
Obviously, now he's out for 10 days. I think, what's that? That takes him past Coventry. So, mm. you've got Stevenage, which might be 10 days. Is that too soon? And then you've got, you ain't got a game after Walsall, so you've got to wait till Barnsley. So, we need to, hopefully, it's just taking a bit longer, really. And you're just hoping it's not a, an underlying problem. Uh, it's just a little niggle. But, uh, yeah, I, I like I like Christian because I like the way that we can be fluid in terms of playing a back three and then pushing the wing backs on, depending on the game. And I think that really suits us sometimes. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. He obviously he's running now, but hopefully it, it, it sort of cleans up mm. next week. So obviously, Luton have, have only conceded ten goals so far this season. Uh, one one of the lower totals uh, in, in League One. So you're going to be looking to the likes of Reeves, Ward, Aribo, Cullen in the midfield to try and create stuff for the strikers. So it's going to be up to them to be on their game as well to make sure that they give Carlin and Lyle those chances. That you know, one chance, one goal. You're going to get with those two. Exactly. I think, and like Bo, you said, if they press high, we're probably going to be playing. A bit more direct into the channels where Lyle, um, like sort of when we when we played, um, who was it at Wickham at home when we sort of went over the top and they were peeling off. I think it would more be like something like that if they're pressing that high. Mm. Um, but yeah, everyone, we've got the midfielders to do it, and we need to we need to do it if we're ever going to be getting out of this league. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm looking forward to it though. Sold out away end at Kenilworth Road on uh, on Saturday. Looking forward to seeing you all up there. Jacko's jackpot time. We didn't actually get around to placing it last week due to Sky Bet not being uh, quick enough on the mm. old uh, request a bet. But what have we gone for this yeah, week? Yeah, so obviously Danny Lay picked it, but so they, they 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 have until like quarter to three to do it, but they didn't do it. But he's picked because um, it's only fair that he won it last week. He's done Jamie Ward score any time Charlton two 0 So I'll be on Scott. So basically, right, you have to do the request a bet Saturday morning when they put mm. it on. So I'll do that. Saturday morning, Dan, and then tweet that out. Excellent, um, excellent stuff. But so, and your own personal prediction for the trip to Luton? I, I think it's going to be a tricky game. I reckon it's going to be. I think it'd be quite an entertaining game, but I think it'd be a one-all. One-all joy. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. something along those lines as well. Mm. Obviously, uh, hoping though that we can get the fifth win in a row. Uh, I think that'd be the first time I saw Rick tweeted earlier. Something like five years or so. I'm going to have to check it uh, check it properly myself later. Uh, but hopefully, we can extend that winning run to, to five games in a row. Keep that momentum going. Uh, keep ourselves in that top six as well. Right, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, we'll be back here on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens uh, against um, against Luton at Kenilworth Road. Hopefully going to hear from Nicky Bailey on Saturday as well. Thanks to, to Matt Wright uh, from the Voice of the Valley. So hopefully we'll have that on Sunday's show as well. Right, um, Nathan, thanks for coming in. Cheers, mate. See you Saturday. Yeah, see you up there Saturday. You're on the comms duty on your Valley Pass. Old Tell. Terry, rather. Old Tell. Old Tell. He is old, though, isn't he? <laughs> uh, right, I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it thanks for tuning in and uh, for joining in as well we'll be back here on Sunday hopefully celebrating the fifth win in a row for Lee Bowyer's boys we'll see you later tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.